The WBEN All Local. All Local. Produced by Randy Bushover. A daily look at what's happening in Buffalo, Western New York, and the world. Good morning. I'm Susan Rose. I'm Brian Mazarowski outside right now looking uh, cold again. Uh, cloudy skies. we got 34 degrees in Buffalo. A Manhattan grand jury has indicted former President Trump on criminal charges, making him the first current or former president to be indicted. ABC News has learned Trump is expected to surrender early next week to the Manhattan DA's office that's been investigating the $130,000 hush money payment made to adult film actress Stormy Daniels. Jim Dolan reports from outside the criminal court in lower Manhattan. The charge or charges still under seal stem from payments the former president made through his fixer Michael Cohen to porn star Stormy Daniels. Ms. Daniels claims the money was paid to her in the closing days of the 2016 presidential campaign to buy her silence about a sexual liaison between her and the former president. Mr. Trump denies the two had sex, but acknowledges the payments. Now, police in New York City on high alert. The NYPD out in full force today with all officers ordered to report for duty in uniform at 7 a.m., preparing for potential unrest. Trump called for protests after claiming he was going to be arrested last week. That call to action fell flat, with only a handful of demonstrators turning up at the Manhattan courthouse. And while officials say there are no credible concerns right now, the biggest concern is next week. During Trump's surrender, he'll be joined by Secret Service agents and could be fingerprinted and photographed, but he's unlikely to be handcuffed given the nature of the alleged crimes. Much more still to come this morning. We'll be speaking with Paul Cambria, Dennis Vacco, both on this a little bit later on. Rick Klein, ABC News political director, set to join us live as well. And uh, Royal Oaks on just some of the legal aspects of exactly what went on yesterday, what to expect in the coming days. And on our WBEN.com web poll, how do you think the indictment will impact support for Donald Trump? It will grow, it will shrink, or it will remain the same, about the same so far this morning? 65%, biggest block of voters, say it will grow. You can check in with us at WBEN.com. Well, in Albany at the 11th hour in state budget negotiations, where do things stand on the state's proposed gas ban? Here's WBEN's Tom Puckett. With budget talks behind closed doors, Jack O'Donnell of O'Donnell & Associates says there has not been much new word on the proposed state ban on gas equipment in new homes and the ban on gas appliance sales as part of the state budget. We know there have been um, discussions about um, bail and, and bail reform, some discussions around housing. Um, but our understanding is in those leaders meetings or leadership meetings, the three people in the room, um, that they haven't touched this subject yet. O'Donnell says he's not surprised National Fuel has been urging customers to tell state lawmakers no. That's their business, so I'm, I'm, I'm not surprised they're standing up for their, uh, for their business um, and, and, and asking customers to do that. Other utilities have been lobbying as well. Hear about that online. Tom Puckett, WBEN.com News. Uh, we'll be talking more about this throughout the morning uh, on where things stand right now in Albany. Jimmy Veilkind will join us at 7.50 this morning, kind of give us a, an update on the state budget negotiations, not just uh, this gas ban, but some of the other things being talked about as well. And uh, we'll have the president of National Fuel on coming up at 8.20 this morning. Uh, they've been sending out... Uh, Emails to customers saying, contact your lawmaker, tell them what you think about the state's proposed gas ban. That coming up at 820. The city of Buffalo is suing Kia and Hyundai 
for manufacturing cars that are easy to steal. In January alone, Buffalo had a 2,000% increase in the theft of Kia and Hyundai vehicles compared to a year earlier. Buffalo is joining seven other cities in multi-district litigation in holding the automakers accountable for what this suit describes as opening the floodgates to vehicle theft, crime sprees, reckless driving, and public harm. The city is looking for unspecified compensation. A 2,000% increase year over year is uh, absolutely eye-popping. And you keep hearing about these. I saw somebody posting a picture yesterday of uh, people who didn't get away with the car but broke in, you know, took out the steering column, were trying to do that, ended up stealing whatever was in the car. I mean, it's still an issue for Kia and Hyundai owners having to live with. Well, an increase in the pandemic in ADHD medications being given out. In the first year of the pandemic, a 10% increase among adults filling prescriptions for stimulant drugs mostly used to treat ADHD. This according to estimates from a new CDC report. They also found a notable increase for teen and adolescent girls and older adults. The report comes as the U.S. is currently in a shortage of the generic version of Adderall. Lionel Moyes, ABC News. Well, a chilly Thursday did not stop the Bisons from showing off what will be new at the ballpark this upcoming season. WBEN's Max Ferry was there. From pierogies with gravy to a new lager for Labatter Days, there's going to be all new food and drink, new jerseys, and new and long-awaited returning promotions coming to Salem Field just in time to welcome Buffalo Bisons fans back to the ballpark. With opening day coming this Tuesday, Bison's general manager Anthony Sprague touched base on the new and returning players and staff coming to the field. Feels like it's uh, it's been a while since we've been here, even though it's only a year ago that uh, we were back here after a little hiatus. But uh, we're really excited. Exciting new team, a lot of young players mixed with some veteran players, and of course Casey Candell back, and a few few of our new managers here, a few coaches, Tim Norton, a new coach. And Matt Haig, former Bison's MVP, back. A lot of new, a lot of new promotions. Just happy to be back here in Buffalo, ready for opening day. In addition to new QR codes that you can scan to pay and order food from your phone, there will also be revamped family fun days on Sunday for the kids, with pregame mascot meet and greets, as well as the return of team photo and autograph day for the first time since the pandemic on September 3rd, and mystery ball day on August 29th. And you can't forget $2 Salem's Hot Dog Tuesday and Defenders of the Diamond Night where the Bisons will be playing in their Marvel-themed alternate jerseys. See the schedule and everything new this year available to you at WBEN.com. This is Max Ferry for WBEN.com News. Listen, I love the Bisons. I love going to the ballpark all summer long. It is great, and it's great to have here in western New York. (laughs) Um, To get me out there at the beginning of April is going to be tough. I mean, we're going to need one of these really nice. It's tough to plan, right? Like, I mean, people will plan on being there opening day for sure. Uh, But after that, I mean, is it's probably a game time decision for a lot for of sure. people whether or not you, you don't want to plan on going to a game. It might snow. I was I, I don't like to go to a baseball game wearing my ski jacket. Yeah. <laughs> Gloves and a hat. Doesn't feel right. Um but awesome that you know, they're back getting in the swing of things. And it is one of these things you look at and say, "All right, well, they're playing baseball downtown. The weather's going to turn soon enough, right?" It's got to. It has to. It better for their sake. Yeah. And Hey, tonight, Sabres, looks like a new netminder, right? Oh, my goodness. NHL debut. I got my Levi's on right now, just uh, getting excited for uh, Devin Levi. Let's hope 
things go well. Things have not gone well this week for the Sabers. Um, ju- as just watching been other out games, of right? Action like everyone they want to lose has won over the last uh, couple of nights, including last night. Wasn't a great night for the Sabers off day. So they need to win. Yeah. And they got a tough test with the Rangers. Pat King coming up, and they're starting uh, the college kid Devin Levi in his first NHL start. I you know wow I like pressure. this. It's it's a lot of pressure. But at the same time, you look at it and say, like, well, what's the worst that's going to happen? What, he gives up seven goals? That's <laughs> yeah, right. what they've been doing <laughs> almost right. every other game, uh, you know, in Let's the meantime. Let's give them a shot. So, I mean, there's, it's almost like there's nothing to lose with uh, what the Sabres have been getting in net. Hopefully, he, you've seen this a few times before. You put, you know, a young, like, unknown goalie in there, and he just, like, catches fire. Yes. And just... It, Stops every single puck. That's what I'm hoping. That comes his way, and we uh, hope that the same thing happens. Good luck tonight. Gonna need it. Taking on the high-powered Rangers, uh, and then who they play Philly again this weekend. Who that they hurt us the last yeah. time, big time. But that's a game you should win. They need a couple of wins here. Yeah. Your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast. Some scattered rain and snow showers early this morning. Otherwise, all rain as the day moves along with temperatures topping out near 50 degrees. For your Saturday, we start with sunshine. And then during the afternoon, we'll have scattered showers and thunderstorms. High temperatures in the upper 50s, close to 60 degrees. Much cooler with sunshine on Sunday. Highs in the upper 30s. With your exclusive WBEN 7 weather forecast, I'm Chief Meteorologist Aramankowski. The indictment of former President Trump. Dennis Vaco is joining us this morning, former U.S. attorney for Western New York, former state attorney general with Lippus Mathias LLP. Uh, Dennis, glad to have you on this morning. As a former prosecutor, how are you looking at this indictment that we don't know much about? Good morning, uh, Susan and uh, Brian. Thanks for having me on. Uh, as I look at this, uh, the, the, the thought that comes to mind is that this is an extraordinary a genie out of the bottle move, in my estimation. Uh, while the district attorney, uh, certainly in New York State, any district attorney has uh, a, a great deal of, of discretion in which um, cases to look at, which indictments to sign. I think that in this instance, that this is in the context of all that has surrounded uh, Donald Trump, all of the investigations, uh, the age of the circumstances that are allegedly at the basis of this indictment, the uh, Stormy Daniels, uh, uh, Michael Cohen uh, events of 2016, um, and the fact that so many other investigations, including an investigation in the Manhattan DA's office, have passed on this these circumstances and decided not to bring charges uh, it's clearly unprecedented, and my fear when I say it's a genie out of the bottle move, I fear that it's it's just the beginning of um, uh, you know a further degradation of our of our politics and uh, potentially now uh, our our criminal justice system. Uh, Jonathan Turley, a well-respected uh, law professor, uh, last night said on a national news broadcast. broadcast uh, that uh, Donald Trump might be the first uh, president, former president, to be indicted. Uh, but because of this move, he's not going to be the last. And that's the fear that I have. 
Uh, that's why I refer to this as a genie out of the bottle. It, to that point, Dennis, I, I mean, it begs the question, are we now a country where the opposition party can spend years working to jail the previous president if he's from the other party, and now after this just might be successful in doing it? Well, I look, at I don't know what, what this indictment uh, uh, alleges other than what's been uh, reported, uh, Michael Cohen claiming that he's been a key witness and Stormy Daniels and her lawyer, um, you know, taking deep bows in, in the press over this. Uh, so I don't know, you know, whether this is this indictment uh, will stand the, the test of the light of day. Uh, but what we do know is, and, 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 and by the way, I, it's, this is not coming from a person who believes that uh, Donald Trump should be elected president again. Frankly, I don't. Uh, I believe that uh, Donald Trump being elected president again uh, would essentially mean four more years of what we have seen over the last six years. Uh, but but the position I take is is more in, in terms of the integrity of our, our judicial system, the integrity of our uh, prosecutorial system. Uh, and in, in fashion, Brian, as you just mentioned, you know, the integrity of our political system, which already has uh, devolved into a, 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 a unseemly morass in terms of how most citizens view our politics these days. Uh, Donald Trump, whether you like him or not, he, he, everybody has to recognize that he probably has been the most scrutinized, the most investigated, the most sued president and former president in our history. Twice impeached. Well, twice uh, brought up on impeachment charges. The Senate in both instances failed to convict him. Uh, Investigated by the special counsel's office. uh, Investigated by the New York State Attorney General's office. uh, Investigated by the New York State, I'm sorry, the New York City, the Manhattan DA's office. uh, Presently under investigation by the um, uh, Fulton County DA's office in in Atlanta. Uh, So... And, and all of this has ended up with, again, this indictment. Um, I, you know, I, I have to wonder, the United States Attorney in the Southern District of New York, uh, which in the Department of Justice is, is probably one of the most uh, respected judicial districts. I'd like to think that the Western District of New York, uh, where I once served, is, is equally respected. Uh, but the Southern District of New York, the United States Attorney's Office actually looked at these events uh, when they brought the indictment against Michael Cohen, which resulted in Michael Cohen pleading guilty, Cohen being Trump's former former lawyer. They've had two years now, the Southern District, the United States Department of Justice, uh, had two years since Trump has left office to have brought charges that emanated from that investigation. Um, ostensibly, they have failed to do so because this is not the... Uh, United States Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York that's bringing these charges. It's the Manhattan DA's office. Um, and, and I understand that the Southern District couldn't have brought charges against Trump when he was president, but he hasn't been president for two years. So if the Department of Justice believed that there was a criminal activity regarding the payments to Stormy Daniels, then why didn't the Southern District of New York that led the investigation that prosecuted and convicted Trump's lawyer, had Stormy Daniels testified before a grand jury, why have they not brought those charges? You're saying that the timing is suspect because because Trump is the leading Republican candidate for the 
presidential nomination in 24. The, t- the timing is suspect because this, these are events that are seven years old and have been scrutinized repeatedly. Uh, the point that I'm making about the Southern District, the Southern District of New York, the United States Attorney's Office in the Southern District of New York, investigated these circumstances and brought a prosecution against Michael Cohen. They didn't charge Trump, apparently, because Trump was a sitting president at the time. But my point is that the evidence that they had, the testimony that they had before a federal grand jury didn't change. And if those federal prosecutors believed that crimes were committed, then why didn't the Southern District of New York United States Attorney, the Department of Justice, bring these charges over the last two years? Um, and in, and in, when you think about it, Susan, what, what makes this even more of a, a genie out of the bottle move is that th- these events, if they're anything, if they constitute any offense, they constitute an offense under federal law. Trump was a federal candidate in 2016, a candidate for president, president of the United States, when these, when these events occurred. If, if any laws were violated, they certainly weren't New York state laws. They were more likely federal laws. And that's my point, that whether it was the special prosecutor, uh, Mueller, whether it was the uh, uh, House Intel Committee or um, the, the, uh, uh, the uh, United States Attorney in the Southern District of New York, all of these other investigative agencies passed on these charges that are now seven years old. Dennis, you're a former U.S. attorney, a former attorney general for New York State. You know, as somebody who has served in those roles, how much attention does somebody who's in a DA's office, does somebody who is a prosecutor have to pay to what something is going to appear like? Um, You know, even if you believe and there is a crime that has taken place, the reaction and the appearance of being you know very political in nature i mean how much attention should that be given by prosecutors well that that brian that goes to uh, the the employment of the prosecutorial discretion i think that a prosecutor i know that a prosecutor has a great deal of latitude a great deal of discretion um last may uh, unfortunately uh, I, when you and Susan asked me to, to speak about the horrific events of May 14th uh, in the aftermath of the top shooting, uh, we talked about the prosecutorial discretion of the United States Attorney and the Department of Justice to bring um, uh, uh, capital offense charges, you know, death penalty charges against Gendron. Uh, so we spoke about the, the broad latitude that prosecutors have in exercising their discretion. Um, you know, John Flynn didn't have the ability to exercise any discretion uh, regarding that, that case, uh, you know, employing, employing the death penalty because there is no death penalty statute in, in New York State. And we're still awaiting the judgment of the Department of Justice uh, and the United States Attorney as to whether or not they will employ their discretion in this gendering case to seek the death penalty. So the power of the attorney general or the power of the DA to employ discretion as a prosecutor, is, a more, is enormous. And because it's so important and so enormous, you have to take in uh, uh, considerations that are beyond the four corners of the case that you're looking at. And, and that's what I think did not happen in this case. Or if they did consider the genie out of the bottle ramifications, then they've ignored 
the future ramifications of this decision. That's the WBEN All Local. All new episodes are made available each weekday morning. Produced by the award-winning WBEN Newsroom.